the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And welcome. Great to have you with us on uh, this uh, beautiful Wednesday afternoon in the Central Valley. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, serving as your live and local concierge for conversation, Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. here on the Mike. 1960 KFIV, our opportunity to sit down and rationally, uh, rationally and reasonably uh, discuss the issues of the day that are affecting us right here in the Central Valley. And uh, today, of course, interesting day because uh, President Joe Biden will be addressing uh, the joint sessions of Congress uh, tonight at about three hours, six o'clock p.m. our time. And uh, now there won't be as many people there as as normal because of COVID-19 uh, policy decisions and such. Hundred versus uh, over a thousand or fifteen hundred would normally hear it, uh, but it will be uh, his chance to address both houses of Congress and the nation as well. And, of course, we're anticipating some things he may talk about. And joining us today to uh, talk about some of those things he may talk about in terms of where we are uh, in Congress, uh, where we will go, where we want to be, is Josh Harder. He's our congressman for the 10th District here in California. Uh, Congressman Harder, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Great to have you with us today. Great to be back. Thanks so much for having me. And and so uh, we're, we're right, correct? Uh, only about 200 people will actually be in the room with the president today due to COVID-19 and such. That's right. I'll, I'll be watching it on on TV like everybody else, and <laughs> uh, I, I think that's I think that's a good message to send. Is that you know no even the president isn't above some of the precautions that are that are going on, and uh, I hope that he talks about some of the ways to get our economy back on track. I think frankly these speeches can be a little boring at, at times, uh, oftentimes a little more politician and, and D.C. speak than uh, is, is necessary. But I hope tonight is all about sort of the specifics. I mean, how are we going to get our economy back on track? How are we going to put people back to work? And, and central to that is how we're going to rebuild and, and uh, starting with, with water infrastructure, which, is, as you know, is very near to my heart and I think many folks across the valley. Yeah, well, let's start. Uh, you mentioned the economy. Let's start with that. Obviously, Congressman, uh, a lot of restaurants have gone out of business uh, over the past 12, 14 months. Many may not come back. A lot of small businesses suffering. Uh, where do you think we stand in terms of our ability to help those uh, businesses if they're still able to be helped? And what you hope maybe the president will talk about tonight in terms of uh, advancing the economy and, and revving it up again after a, a pretty devastating time. Well, I, I think that you're right. The Valley's been hit hard. I often say the country sneezes, we catch a cold. We're always the first place to, to suffer, last place to recover. It took us 10 years to get out of uh, the financial crisis. We were just getting out of that when COVID hit. And so I, I think uh, things have been really tough for, for the last year. I, I hope what the president centralizes in his speech is that, you know, any further support needs to go to folks who, who actually need it. Uh, I'm tired of San Francisco and Los Angeles getting all the attention and, and a greater share uh, of the dollars. And we need to make sure that that spending's on, on the right things. Uh, we can't be spending money on pet projects and uh, wasting it on, on bridges to nowhere. 
we have to really invest in, in ways to help our businesses fixing the roads, fixing the bridges, building uh, water projects that are going to be around for, for generations. Frankly, we've been coasting on the projects that our parents and grandparents have built for, for far too long, and it, it, it's time that we use our share, and what better time to do it than, than during COVID when we have a lot of hands that are willing to work. You've been uh, in touch, obviously, with uh, constituents in our area over the past uh, 12, 14 months. Uh, I, I would assume you've heard from a lot of small business people. What, what's your take right now on how they feel about the federal government's support and maybe what they're specifically looking for in the next couple of months? Uh, look, I think businesses want to reopen. Um, many already are and, and have been open for a long time, but I think we need to uh, do everything we can to push for safe reopening as, as quickly as possible. There's just not enough money in the world uh, to support every small business being closed indefinitely. Uh, that's just not a, a good way to operate. And, and I think the, pal- the challenges that our small businesses are under are just going to be compounded by uh, having a, a potentially severe drought across the, the valley. And so it's imperative that we get folks back to work as, as soon as we possibly can. Uh, there's been some support. Obviously, the, the PPP was great for a lot of businesses. There's uh, other small business loan programs. Now there's a program totally targeted around restaurants, which I think is going to be really important in, in our neck of the woods because uh, I just saw the, the front page of the Modesto Bee today was talking about uh, a couple restaurants that have been around for decades that are looking to, to close, and I think a lot of restaurants are in that situation. Uh, but all of those measures that I talked about are short-term. They can't last indefinitely. Uh, and so that's why it's, it's so important that we make it very clear uh, that we can get ourselves out of the other side of this pandemic and hopefully keep ourselves there. And it sounds like from what you're saying that it's not just policy, not just uh, dollars, but a combination of both that, that may be the uh, the key to that, right? A combination of financial assistance, but also long-term uh, policy that uh, will ultimately help those uh, small business people survive. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, I used to run small businesses when I, when I pre- previous to Congress, I wish we had a few more small business minds in, in office. Oftentimes these discussions are dominated by, by lawyers, and you see what that uh, gets us. But one thing that I've heard loud and clear for small businesses across our area is, you know, look, if you're going to spend money, okay, I get it. We often have to invest in our businesses, but you can't be wasting it. And I think that's the risk that we have to be very careful to, to caution against as we think about an infrastructure bill and uh, anything that could potentially raise taxes. We have to make sure these really are investments that are going to pay a return uh, and that are going to make sure that our economy is stronger afterwards and not just, you know, building bridges to places that nobody goes and uh, projects that are going to be mired in red tape for for decades. We have to actually put shovels in the ground, uh, build projects that are going to actually help everybody across the across the valley. You mentioned uh, water and a possible, well, not a possible, I think we are looking at a drought coming up. And I know that the water is uh, near and dear to your heart Uh, real real quickly. What do you hope to see uh, from the federal government uh, that that you are part of and and the people that you partner with? Uh, What do you see in terms of lights at the end of the tunnel for California in the in the near to uh, or even distant future as far as infrastructure goes for water storage? 
Well, the, the best thing that could have happened is we could have actually built some of these projects decades ago, uh, and, and they'd be here now, so we could be uh, using them in, in a period of severe drought. When we have a boom and bust cycle, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that you should be able to store water in the booms and the wet years to use it and the droughts that are always perennially around the, the corner in California. And that's exactly what we should have done. Uh, we didn't. Uh, so now we have to use this drought as a kick in the pants to start building those projects that we should have done decades ago. I um, actually pushed in, in, in one of our hearings the, the Secretary of the Interior, which manages uh, most of the water issues in, in the West, uh, Deb Holland, and, and she said that the Biden administration is committed to water infrastructure. Uh, I think that's a great, great talk. I think what we need to see, though, is we need to see pen to paper, and we need to see water be front and central in the infrastructure plan uh, that Biden is talking about tonight. Um, I, I'm not sure how much he'll talk about it, given it's sort of a regional issue and we're a big country, but we need to make sure that when he comes out with the specifics of this plan, uh, that there is money for storage, and more so, uh, to your point, it's not just about the money, but there are uh, procedures and policies in place to cut this red tape so these projects don't end up mired in lawsuits for, for years. Um, some of these projects, everybody wants to actually see happen, uh, but there's one person that's holding them up in court uh, for endlessly. And so we need to see both. We need to see, you know, real effort on the, on the financial side, and then we need to see a real effort on the policy side to make sure that one Lone Ranger can't hold up a project that, that's otherwise good to go. We're talking with Congressman Josh Harder here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV in advance uh, a little less than three hours of President Biden's address to uh, the joint session of Congress. Uh, Congressman Harder, let's just look at something that, that's attacking our our uh, social media, our television sets, our news programs uh, almost on a daily basis, and that is uh, really a, a lot of animus towards law enforcement. Uh, what do you what do you think the federal government can do, President Biden, you and your position uh, to to help create some peace here and some good conversation versus just uh, accusations and and uh, throwing epithets at each other? What what kind of progress do you see that we can make in terms of supporting the police while also addressing the issues that need to be addressed? We need leadership here. Uh, and I think we'd be in a very different situation if, um, you know, more folks actually had a chance to, to go out and actually see the job that our police officers do every day. I try to uh, go on as many ride-alongs as I can. Uh, and it's incredibly eye-opening to see uh, what folks have to do on a, on a day-to-day basis. It's really humbling across the Central Valley. We don't have enough law enforcement officers already. Uh, and yet some of these jobs are, are at risk, given, to, given some of the financial uh, situations that some of our cities are, are in. So we have to support uh, the, the budgets of these cities. That's part of what the rescue plan did to avoid some layoffs. But it's much more than that. You said, uh, it, you said it, and I think we have to restore the confidence and the trust and restore that bond between the community uh, and the law enforcement that, that, that serves it. Um, I think one of the things that we could be doing uh, is more communication. I think the, the more uh, police departments that have body cameras and do a, a good job of explaining 
what they're seeing on a day-to-day basis the better. Uh, I know that's a move that was made a lot of advancements across the Central Valley uh, over the last few years. And then I think, you know, second, uh, we need to create uh, very clear standards for behavior and make sure that there's accountability when those standards aren't met. Uh, I think, you know, 99% of the time our law enforcement is doing uh, a hell of a job but, you know, this is an era where one bad apple can have one terrible video that millions of people see uh, within 24 hours all across the, the planet. Uh, and we need to make sure that we show folks that that is not necessarily uh, emblematic of how most law enforcement officers spend their day trying to protect uh, the public, but also ensuring that there are standards uh, for, for behavior, as there is for, for any public servant, which is essentially what our law enforcement officers are. Yeah, and and really a, a challenge in terms of hearing each other. You know, as you look at uh, at the uh, at the various sides. Uh, real quick, a uh, lot of talk about the uh, police officers' bill if of rights. If I could say one thing, there, the, the, oh, the mic. Oh. I would say I would really encourage folks to go out and ask your local police department for a ride along. I, I think you know, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes is fantastic, and you know, no matter who you are. Uh, you can learn more about the day-to-day, ba- the day-to-day job uh, of somebody who puts themselves out to, to protect our community. Uh, and I think that, that is an eye-opening experience that has no substitute. And I think we'd be a lot better off on the conversations we're having if people actually experience it for themselves. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges uh, while we're still in the COVID-19 uh, era is uh, a lot of departments are not doing uh, ride-alongs because of the mm-hmm. – uh, because of the right. restrictions, but as a as a former cop from around the time of Noah in the Ark, uh, I think I think there is value to what you say, <laughs> and it it helps to be able to see what they actually do uh, rather than just accept um, you know social media or mass media interpretations. Uh, it it does help to make that connection, and I think too uh, uh, you know the these conversations that happen between police departments and the community uh, important too. Uh, just before we leave that topic, a lot of uh, talk about the immunity for police officers. Uh, is that something that you think the federal government uh, should be addressing? And if so, uh, what, what are your thoughts about uh, either preserving or, or revising or eliminating the immunity for police officers? I'd like to see a a bipartisan solution here. I think that more safeguards are are clearly going to be necessary to restore some of that confidence and and trust. Uh, I don't, I think qualified immunity is is certainly one of those sticking points that we still have to figure out the right way to, to address. But I think this is about much more than just, you know, one particular policy point. I think this is about showing people what lives are actually like. I mean, I was in I was on a ride-along um, a, a while ago in, in, in Turlock, and within 30 minutes, we went from, you know, going and, and seeing uh, an old old lady who uh, forgot her medication and needed a, a wellness check to, to less than 30 minutes later, shots fired in, in, in the city of Turlock, and, uh, you know, this the guy I was with had to put on body armor and take out, you know, the full extent of his, of his, of his armament. And, and just to think about going from one situation to the next, and the coolness of mind that it takes, uh, that's a, it's just an incredibly difficult job. Uh, and I think we need to, to make sure that we're respecting folks that are doing it on a daily basis and try to work with, with them uh, instead, of, uh, instead of against them. 
Well said. Thank you, uh, Congressman Josh Harder, and uh, we'll await the president's address in a little less than three hours. Thanks for giving your perspective on what's happening today, and appreciate you, uh, Congressman, taking time to be with us today. Anytime. Thanks so much. All right. Congressman Josh Harder has been our guest here on the Mike Douglas Show. In uh, just a couple of minutes, we'll come back and uh, talk about some of those subjects, uh, some of his perspectives there, and what we would like to hear from the president tonight. Our phone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And the Mike Douglas Show continues in about three or four minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 burst traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy's flow from Grantline Road to 5 today and a couple of crashes. The first one in Stockton involving a big rig, South 99 before 8 Mile Road. It's on the shoulder. And in Lodi, a two-car wreck, South 99 at Turner. And those two cars are in the center divide. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. iHeartRadio is partnering with Global Citizen for Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world. You'll see performances from Jennifer Lopez, Eddie Vedder, Foo Fighters, Jay Balvin, and me, her. I'm Selena Gomez, and I'll be your host, along with some very special surprise guests. Global Citizen's Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world. Listen on the iHeartRadio app. Saturday, May 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. And watch on ABC, CBS, Fox, and YouTube. This report is brought to you by Positive Coaching Alliance. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. PCADevZone.org. Hey, Gary, how are things? Things are great, but I crushed my mortgage payment with owning without even leaving my couch. I got a no-closing-cost refi at a great low rate, and owning did it all in less than three weeks. It was easy. No must, no fuss. Be like Gary. Call owning at 855-5-OWNING and crush your mortgage payment with today's 15-year fixed refi at 1.99% rate at APR with no closing costs. None. Zero. Even if you've refinanced recently, call 855-5-OWNING and let us crush your monthly payment even more. That's 855-5-OWNING or log on to owning.com. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Call 823-852-6464 for terms and conditions. You can crush it, too, with a 15-year fixed 1.99% rate in APR with absolutely no closing costs. Hello, I'm a unicorn. Yes, one of those. Everyone's trying to find me, but most... There's ZipRecruiter. If you've hired before, you understand it's quite hard to find a unicorn. You know, someone who's perfect for your role, but somehow ZipRecruiter manages to do it. Fast. Talk about magical. And right now, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com to try it for free. ZipRecruiter's technology finds candidates with the right experience, like me, and actively invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter knows you want more than just great resumes. You want brilliant people who can help your business shine. That's why they make hiring these people easy. But I'm just a majestic unicorn. Don't take my word for it. Listen to him. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Local Talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we thank you so much for being part of that conversation. Uh, Again, Mike Douglas here. Very honored and privileged to serve as your concierge for conversation as we take a look at some of the tough subjects that are facing us today here in California's Central Valley and obviously things that are shared by our fellow citizens across America as well. Uh, We had the opportunity to talk with Congressman Josh Harder from California's 10th District about his perspectives on uh, the economy, what's needed to get it going, what's needed in terms of both uh, dollars and policy uh, to help especially small businesses, uh, restaurants, as an example, have the opportunity to talk about law enforcement and uh, uh, whether or not uh, some of the reforms that we're talking about are are valuable, are going to work, such as uh, the uh, the immunity clause for uh, police officers. And uh, in, in oh, probably 10 minutes or so, we're going to be talking with uh, Mayor Suze Wallen uh, from the city of Modesto. And we're going to be uh, talking about a, a unique idea she has for establishing a citizens uh, committee. And we'll find out what the nature of that is uh, to help local government assess uh, law enforcement and its effectiveness and recommendations should be an interesting conversation. Again, that's coming up in uh, just about uh, seven or eight minutes or so. And uh, I think one of the things that I would look for tonight in terms of uh, President Biden's speech to the joint sessions of Congress, I doubt we'll hear it. Uh, I'm sure that he's going to talk about meeting his uh, goal of 1 million COVID vaccine shots in 100 days, uh, easily met. I think uh, if he's true to his word about unity, then it would be a time to extend an olive branch to a lot of people and credit uh, his previous, the previous administration, Donald Trump, for Operation Warp Speed in uh, bringing about the reality of the vaccines to uh, not do so, I think probably would inflame part of the left, but I think it would also be a, uh, a great way to walk out unity if indeed that is one of his uh, objectives tonight. Again, President Biden addressing both houses of Congress coming up at six o'clock tonight. There won't be the 1,000 to 1,500 people there, only about 200. So it'll be a smaller audience than normal. Again, Suze Wallen, Mayor of Modesto, coming up next here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Canelo Alvarez, this is the champion in this prize. Witness Canelo, the pound-for-pound king, face the fearless. I think we need to get right into this conversation with Canelo's next opponent. That's Billy Joe Saunders. Can Billy Joe Saunders defeat Canelo? 
Canelo versus the undefeated Saunders. Super middleweight unification fight, May 8th, live on DAZN. Download the DAZN app. There's no plan around. I'm going to go there, get the job done, and come on. That's simple. Power Talk 1360 versus traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy, slow from Grant Line Road to 5 today, and a couple of crashes. The first one in Stockton involving a big rig, South 99 before 8 Mile Road. It's on the shoulder. And in Lodi, a two-car wreck, South 99 at Turner, and those two cars are in the center divide. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is brought to you by Positive Coaching Alliance. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. It was meant to be a rehabilitation center for troubled youth. Anna Wakey has come to represent the tip of an iceberg of discovery into the abuse of children. But really, it was a breeding ground for abuse. By the brochures, I thought I was going to a camp. I didn't realize I was going to be locked up. Thousands of patients passed through its doors, many leaving worse than when they arrived. Everybody knew and everybody kept their mouth shut. Listen to Camp Hell, Anna Wakey, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Too busy or unable to exercise your beloved pet? No worries. Call in the Pet Whispers from Canines on the Move. Potty breaks, walks, conversations with your pet? Give Canines on the Move a call. 209-226-1150. A walk a day. Keep. I had a knee issue where my knee gradually was getting sore, and then after a while, it just hurt to bend it. For David, a patient at Modesto Physical Medicine, even driving a car was a struggle. Getting in the car, I'd have to lean over towards the passenger seat and bring it in straight leg. Physical activity and working out was out of the question. It bothers me a lot. It's still in the back of my mind that I may not be able to do it ever again. But Modesto Physical Medicine changed all of that by treating David with non-surgical regenerative cell treatments. Done right in the office. No downtime for David and other patients. Within week one after the injection, the pain was starting to go away. By week two, I could bend it a lot. Modesto Physical Medicine uses state-of-the-art pain management that helps your body heal itself. I'm back at the gym again, working out with my trainer. Modesto Physical Medicine, just blocks north of Memorial Hospital in Modesto. Call for your complimentary consultation today, 209-838-3434. Call now, 838-3434. From the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer Weather Center. This report is sponsored by the Buck Sexton Show Podcast. Hey there, it's Buck Sexton, host of the Buck Sexton Podcast, found on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts. Please tune in every day as I cover the latest on politics, national security, and culture from a former CIA officer's perspective. The Buck Sexton Podcast. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to launch my very first podcast, The Truth, with Lisa Booth, with iHeartRadio and Gingrich 360. The Truth with Lisa Booth is a podcast rejects fake news and will never bow down to the political correctness poisoning this country from within. If you're ready to step outside of your comfort zone and join me on this wild ride, then buckle up. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Find The Truth with Lisa Booth on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunny skies today, mid-80s all around, partly cloudy tonight with temperatures dropping only into the 50s, and then partly cloudy skies tomorrow. We'll see low 90s and light wind all around. Father, preacher, friend. 
It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And the conversation continues here on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, thanks so much for being with us as we are able to rationally and reasonably and respectfully discuss the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley. I thank you so much for joining us 3 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. One of my favorite times of day, and uh, I'm prepped with a full coffee cup here, and so we're ready to go. I had the opportunity earlier to talk with Congressman Josh Harder. One of the subjects that we were talking about is law enforcement and some of the tragedies that have occurred and how the federal government may want to proceed. And looking at some of those issues, we're going to turn our attention now to the municipal level. And I have to say that in Stanislaus County, and I've I've been here about, I think, almost a quarter of a century now, about uh, 25 years. And one of the things that I noticed early on uh, in this county is, at at least from a a pastor's perspective, that there was always availability uh, to talk to local government, always a receptive ear, uh, never turned away and uh, always able to uh, uh, collaborate when we can and discuss the hard issues. And part of that process, of course, is good leadership. And uh, Sue Zwallen recently has been uh, elected as the mayor of Modesto. Uh, mayor Zwallen, you've got uh, uh, a little time under your belt now, and, and you're going to be looking or you are looking at one of the ways to uh, extract uh, information from the community and enter into a dialogue with them about some of the tough issues that we need to talk about uh, regarding law enforcement. Mayor Zwallen, first of all, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for carving out time to be with us today. Well, thank you, Mike, for having me. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you and your introduction described it exactly as it is, and thank you for that. Well, we'll take us uh, through a little bit of background about what you're looking at doing, uh, what it is, and what you hope to uh, what you hope to accomplish with this uh, interaction with the community. Sure, um, we've we've named it now uh, so that it will have a title called Forward Together. And this is a a community engagement initiative on uh, policing in Modesto. And it will begin formally with a listening session, truly a listening session where the council members will listen to the community. On Saturday, May 22nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., it'll be in council chambers uh, with a virtual participation available, of course, Uh, Or I think in council chambers, we may have it in a different venue, but that will be published. And we will have a facilitator, and we expect from that a theme to emerge that will guide the work of Forward Together. Now, is this uh, obviously not designed, it sounds like, just to be a a, a one event, that listening session. That sounds like it's a springboard, right, for uh, things to happen in the future. Uh, so uh, yes. are, are you are you waiting at this point for that session to really uh, formalize what Forward Together will look like, or do you have some idea on, on what you would like to see down the line? I, I, I and we have no preconceived notion of where this will lead, but once it's formed, uh, it will be a, this community engagement process that, first of all, will be a listening session, as I t- talked about, and then educate and explore solutions 
that address any concerns that are identified in the listening session. So uh, it will include all of those components, including relationship building and uh, just exploring solutions that address the concerns that are identified. And and we've been hearing a lot of those uh, in our uh, council meetings during public comment period. So we have been listening for a very long time. This is not the beginning, but this this is a formal uh, agendized item to have intentional time for the community to be able to come forward and express their their ideas. And, and that, that's, that's always just good. The beginning. As you mentioned, that's just the very first step in the process. Uh, then there will be uh, themes that we know will come forward, and th- there will be a committee made that will direct the focus of the work and we will as a council approve the various organizations that are represented we will propose some and we want to hear from the community to make sure that everyone is included in that and we expect that to happen around june june 8th at that council meeting and then they the the committee and organization will go to work that group will go to work separate from us and they will be volunteers, and then they will bring recommendations back to us. They will do the homework and bring the recommendations back to us, hopefully by December or between December and May, depending upon how long it takes them. So, and, and probably we'll, we'll try to clarify this because I've heard different things from different people, and and uh, you are our source right now, so I'm uh, uh-huh. clear this up. Uh, in terms of the committee, it sounds like it, it will be an advisory committee, right, to uh, uh, yeah. the city council and to you as opposed to an, uh, an oversight committee? Exactly. This committee will just bring recommendations back to the council uh, in six to 12 months, and then the council will vote on whether, whether or not to implement those recommendations they will be approved by the council or not. So it's certainly going to be a bit of a process. Uh, Absolutely. So, and you know, right thank, now you. We, we... thank you for clarifying okay. that. I think that's a question mm-hmm. uh, as well on a lot of people's minds. And, uh, I, I, and I want to personally just congratulate you on, on taking uh, that particular tack uh, in terms of, you know, taking information in, um, and and uh, as opposed to establishing just a body that will uh, oversee, I think this this uh, process of dialogue is so important. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, recently some conversations I've seen online, the city council has done a pretty good job, even under fire, of graciously receiving comments. And I I would thank you and, and your fellow members for that. Well, thank you. That you know. Two two comments to that. Yes, this is not a board, an oversight board. This is just a, a group that will be of, of community, representing community organizations that will bring a recommendation to us of what they would like to see going forward. That's it. And we have no, pre, you know, preconceived ideas about what that will be. Now, it's um, it's our job as council members to listen to the public and. Th- I quite frankly think that's one of the best outcomes of council meetings is that opportunity for anyone in our community to come forward and share their thoughts with us, regardless of whether 
they're easy to hear or difficult to hear, but things are happening in our community and it's very important that we listen. And I might add also that for this other listening session on May 22nd, if someone's unable to attend, there will be eventually a website developed for comments and for getting information. So even if people can't be there that day, they can, they can give their suggestions. So we really want to compile all that information, give that to that committee. They can do their homework over 6 to 12 months discuss, research, talk, to, and then come back with a recommendation to the council. And it will either be, it will be implemented or not, depending upon Great. how thank council you. members vote. Again, thank you for the clarification on that. I think that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's very, very important. So talking about uh, the committee, uh, and you may not want to name specific organizations or names at this point, but at least what, what type of representation would you like to see on that committee that will carry the work forward? Yes, we've talked about that. We certainly want to uh, have faith groups represented, uh, county, um, county representatives on it, uh, our LGBTQ community, Schools, uh, we have a, a clergy council that's already in place. Potentially, they would have a representative. We want our um, law enforcement union to be involved, the NAACP, uh, the sheriff's department, El Concilio, potentially, or uh, Latino representation. So, you know, many different groups, and certainly um, someone from the mental health community, uh, behavioral health community, and we would want youth, young people to be represented. Um, So, and just today, I was thinking of the importance of potentially having a victim's rights group uh, represented. So, but quite frankly... This listening session where the public will tell us who they want represented on this committee. So we will add, uh, depending upon what suggestions we receive, or potentially have have different groups than what I just listed. So uh, it's right now wide open. It really is. It's going to be a very interesting process. People are kind of asking me to project how I see this going forward, and and I can't really say because... You know, the environment that we're in, people have some real strong feelings on uh, different sides regarding policing and how we uh, go about that process. So we are open to everyone's comments, and we certainly hope to have that engagement on May 22nd. And, uh, Maris Wallen, how do people get connected uh, to that session on on May 22nd, will there be a publication of, for example, a, a, an online link, or how, how can people get connected with that? Yes, there will be. There will be a link, which people seem to be able to access quite easily now. I think we've been under these, um, you know, meetings done this way for a year now. So it will be, there will be a link. It will also be accessible on, uh, like I said, there will be a website developed specifically for this, and uh, anyone will be able to join in. And we hope to, we we will have some in-person seating within the guidelines at the time on May 22nd, depending upon what they are. 
So we will have, I mean, City Hall is open now. Our council meetings are open. We have seats, some seats available. They're, they're identified so that they're physically distant and everyone wears a mask, but it, it's open. So we hope to have some people in person and then anyone else uh, virtually if they choose to attend. And as I said, ahead of time, we will be and uh, hoping that many people send them in even ahead of time. And those will be read and considered. Well, it sounds like uh, uh, an incredible undertaking. That's what, about six hours? Am I right? On the yes. 22nd? Ten, and, uh-huh. Saturday, May 20th, and how, 10 a.m. How are, to 4 p.m. How are you having that facilitated? Are you bringing in an outside facilitator or someone in the house? Or, uh, how, how do you plan to uh, structure that? We plan to bring an outside facilitator to help us uh, do this. And we have staff members, particularly Kalua Barnes is the person that's uh, on the staff that is responsible for it at this point. We're visiting with uh, Modesto's mayor, Sue Zwallen, coming up, uh, a unique opportunity for the public to interact with uh, the Modesto City Council on May 22nd. Details will be coming up. Mayor Zwallen, thank you uh, so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, be with us today, and, and thank you for your clarification, Sue. We so much appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. Again, uh, we've been visiting with Mayor Sue Zwallen from uh, the city of Modesto. Again, an interesting listening session coming up uh, for the public on Saturday, May 22nd. Details will be uh, forthcoming on how to participate uh, on that or in that, either in person or online. And uh, what do you think? Uh, your reactions to that. What do you hope to see uh, accomplished? We'll talk uh, about that in just a couple of minutes here on the Mike Douglas show. 209-551-3483. Our number area code 209-551-3483. And the conversation continues on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 Burst Traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy Slow today, 11th Street all the way to MacArthur Drive. You get a break after that, kind of, sort of, as soon as you make the northbound 5 connection, it'll remain tough from 205 all the way out to Lathrop Road. Lodi, a crash at South, two cars in the center divide now. For the latest on the Valley reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Ad Council. Attention thrifters, those awesome finds you get at Goodwill are even awesomer than you realize. Because as a nonprofit, Goodwill uses your purchases to fund job training and more in our neighborhoods. Learn more at Goodwill.org. Sponsored by the Ad Council. America's great cities are in deep trouble. Businesses are closing, taxpayers fleeing, and police are defunded as crime and homelessness rise. It's a dangerous time in big cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and more. All this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax TV, exposing the real truth in his series, Cities on Fire. Every night, Rob Schmidt gives you the real news you won't hear anywhere else. So watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern and see his Cities on Fire special. 
Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, get Newsmax free on most smart TVs like Samsung, Sony, and LG. Or tune in on Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube Live. And millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax TV app on their smartphones. So start watching America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Because Newsmax is real news for real people. Armstrong and Getty here for our friends at First California Funding. And you, like us, will really appreciate having a local, knowledgeable expert you can trust for honest mortgage advice. Yeah, when you call a lot of these mega banks, you're going to be dealing with somebody that just wants to sell you something, whether it makes financial sense at all. That's once you finally get a human being. Or you can call First California Funding, talk to somebody right away that's going to give you the honest scoop on all the money that they can save you. Yeah, and their rates are every bit as good as anybody's. The service is just way better. And rates, speaking of rates, they're hovering in the 2% range. Home equity is at an all-time high. So make that five-minute call now to see if it makes sense for you. Just five minutes on the phone and get hooked with a human being fast when you call First California Funding. Oh, by the way, veterans can still get 100% financing. 916-989-6222, 989-6222, or fcfunding.com. That's fcfunding.com. California Bureau of Real Estate. Real estate broker license number 01069872. NMLS number 282458. Equal housing lender. For kids in poverty around the world, things are still desperate. Join Compassion International with your one-time $40 gift to provide a COVID relief kit to a family in poverty. Text the word GIVE to 83393. That's GIVE to 83393. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thanks so much again for being part of the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show. Interesting, uh, interesting thoughts today, both from Congressman Josh Harder and uh, Modesto's Mayor Suze Wallen. I want to go uh, back and, and address some of our conversation with the congressman uh, in, in relation to the president's speech tonight to the joint session of Congress, although it would be kind of a small attendance, uh, 200, only a fraction of the uh, 1,000 to 1,500 who would normally be there, uh, wondering what he will say regarding immigration. Uh, of course, one of his uh, promises and uh, one that he fulfilled was to stop funding and building the border wall. Again, I, uh, I think he will see this as a, as a positive, but there's a lot of people, uh, especially on the border, who, who question whether that has been uh, a wise decision or not. And, and then we have to, uh, I, I would hope he would address uh, the issue of so many uh, unattended uh, children, unaccompanied children coming over, over, over the border and the tremendous crush of uh, humanity that has hit the border in, 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 in response to uh, the Biden administration's policy. The Border Patrol is, is uh, they, they have hundreds of children that uh, they're having to hold because of unaccompanied minors arriving at the border and, and just plain old lack of facilities to house them. Uh, and, and so when you think about the criticisms of the uh, Trump administration, uh, you look at the policies recently of the Biden administration, and we seem to have a, um, a worsening 
how he will address that, I don't know. Uh, neither he nor the Vice President Kamala Harris have visited uh, the border. And, of course, that's drawn a lot of uh, criticism as well. So it'll be interesting to see what what he has positive to say about immigration policy and uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, of course, in terms of uh, domestic policy, looks like uh, the taxes for some uh, will be going up. Corporate taxes probably going up. And uh, we'll, we'll listen to how he justifies uh, raising taxes. I want to come back briefly. By the way, our telephone number here again, area code 209-551-3483. What would you like him? What would you like the president to talk about tonight and, and address? Area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And our conversation with Mayor Sue Zwallen, very interesting thing that they're doing, and that is a, a listening session that is part of a strategy or a, a, a proposal that they have called Forward Together. And it will begin with a listening session on May 22nd from 10 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, apparently, if you're in the area, you can uh, you can uh, attend in person or you can attend online as well. And so uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> a six-hour session uh, with uh, with a lot of public opinion mixed in. Uh, looking ahead uh, here very shortly, uh, Trevor Carey's coming up at 4 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and then you can hear uh, the president's address to the joint session of Congress starting at 6 p.m. local, 6 p.m. Pacific here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, just a, a, a last thought, uh, you know, we, we see the effect of the Biden administration. Uh, here's one of them, Bob and Modesto, real quick. Uh, we have uh, a little, very little time here, but I want to get your comment about gas prices. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, here's the deal. I think, uh, you know, we made a poor decision on getting rid of that pipeline. I'm a, uh, I'm a liberal conservative. I think we, uh, we could have made a better choice on that pipeline, kept it going. And then we could have controlled how we're processing this stuff while we continue to explore other options. So now the price of fuel is going up. And do you think that all the other countries we're buying fuel from, they give a rip about the environment? So just my two cents. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the immediate impact of that, Bob, is a lot of uh, jobs and potential jobs lost in the process. Thanks for your call, Bob. Really appreciate Thank that. You. Thanks for taking time to call in. Uh, referring, of course, to the Keystone uh, XL oil pipeline, uh, the cessation of that particular uh, that particular effort, which was uh, uh, very popular uh, with the Trump administration. So, uh, again, yeah, I think we're going to con- uh, continue to see a lot of. And, and we've already seen the price of uh, gas locally uh, going up already. Remember, Trevor Carey coming up at 4 p.m., then at 6 p.m., President Biden addresses the joint session of Congress. And we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 3 here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.